Gorilla Healer presents Farms Not Farms podcast, season two, sponsored by buildthesoil.com. Welcome to the Farms Not Farms podcast. I'm here today with a very special guest, and we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to all of us. How would we ever consider protecting local resources from big companies who want to do drilling or mining? And, you know, it, it's something that may not have yet to have uh, affected us, though the people who it has affected and it is affecting um, are very passionate about it for, for a very good reason. And, you know, this is, is, is it's a big deal for, for many in our, in our country, in our world. And uh, the woman that I'm sitting next to, um, honored to, is, is um, somebody who is a, a strong activist and a mother and a farmer. And so, I, Amanda, would you be so kind to introduce yourself so that we can get a little uh, glimpse of who you are first before we talk. Well, my name is Amanda and I think you covered my, the things I'm most proud of is being a mother and an activist. And I love the land, started, um, my first activism was against Monsanto and uh, their just effects on the bees. And then that grew from, to Standing Rock and social justice and environmental justice are very intertwined. And then discovered that they were, um, that some large mining vehemoths are, were attempting to take some of the natural resources here in the St. Vrain Valley, which is the least developed river valley in the Front Range. We're in unincorporated Boulder County. So I founded, along with some wonderful neighbors, a nonprofit called Save Our St. Brain Valley. Mm -hmm. And uh, what, so St. Brain, um, tell, us, tell us about St. Brain. What is St. What is Brain? Well, I think the valley is named after the St. Brain River. Okay. And St. Brain, I believe, is a French trapper. That's and some of the history of the land. So... Aside from the trapper that it was named after, the river is basically the main uh, stream, so to speak, or, or, or the, the backbone of the valley. Is that kind of a good way to, to talk about it in terms of what feeds us, what, and, um, anything that allows us to grow our own crops? Or Sure. I mean, the St. Vrain River is the source of our water here in the, in the in the valley. The only source. It's the only source and it's it's an agricultural valley. Uh -huh. Some of the fields in the project area that we have been pro protecting um, that is that was uh, proposed for mining would um, basically reallocate or rezone those fields and it's it's they're here because of the water. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the reasons why I asked you here today is because of your activist work. And I feel as though it, it you know, I'm wearing a standing, standing Rock shirt. And if you know about Standing Rock, it, uh, or if you don't, it was, it's a, it's a, a reservation, uh, an uh, indigenous reservation. And there's uh, 
Masons living there who have a water source, just as the uh, same water source as, uh, as Bismarck, uh, Dakota. And it, there was a big uh, oil operation uh, to send oil, I believe, from Canada um, through and uh, through this country and through the uh, through rivers and, and, and cities and um, or, or maybe to Canada um, or ever the more it, it does it didn't benefit that area. It was oil being pushed through pipelines and it got rerouted from Bismarck to um, to native lands. And um, it was uh, <clears throat> it was a big deal. A lot of people did not want their only source of water and, and their home to be risked with more pipelines that um, people know to leak over time and uh, kill whatever's around it and, um, and do serious harm. So ever the more that was a big deal. And um, when talking about water, water is life. It's what we're basically made out of. It's what we need to survive more than anything else other than breathing. Uh, and, uh, you know, and good, perhaps not getting, you know, good the environment. Uh, but, uh, yeah, water is life. So it's important for us to protect our water sources. And that's a big, um, it's, 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 it's an area that a lot of us are not necessarily paying attention to. A lot of us are getting our water from the store buying it in a bottle. A lot of us are filtering our water from the tap. A lot of us are not really walking around with the consideration of where water is coming from, what's happening to it, what, what is it doing to us? And so, uh, and what is it doing for us, you know? And, 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 you know, with the notion that we don't really own this world, we're a part of the world, we get to live in this world. So if we don't own the world, we don't own the water. We live with whatever... It lives in the water. We live with whatever lives around us and we want to live just as much as everybody else does. So with that in mind, you know, um, Amanda pays attention to protecting life in this way because she lives in this area. She wants her water to be clean and the same Green river, as you heard, is the only water source for this area. And it was being threatened. Well, it's interesting. You just brought up Standing Rock and it made me think just this week we had a tanker an oil tanker spill on in Lyons, Colorado. Okay. Up, Did you hear about that? And it's actually contaminated the St. Vrain River with oil. And, you know, the one saving grace in the St. Vrain is that we don't have the right kind of shale for fracking. So whereas in other parts of Boulder County, you have, you know, the bigger debate or the most known debate would be against um, the fracking companies okay. and coming close we had a big explosion in firestone a couple of years ago an uncapped well and uh that's what we hear a lot about and in the same rain river or in the same rain valley that's here because of the river um it's 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 gravel mining that's primo gravel and so we have uh, the cement plant cmex mexican cement um that people it's sort of very used to to seeing because it's been here you know since I bought my property and it's been here a long time but I've come to learn that CMAX is the most toxic industry cement making is the most toxic industry um, environmentally speaking and gravel mining is not too far behind and in, 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 in what way is it toxic 
So, you know, without being, being a chemist, it's, it's a lot of the emissions and the things that, that are released into the air. I know I've, as a photographer, I've documented the plume and the things that um, with gravel mining, for example, then it's the crushed gravel or the crystalline silica. And it's, it's in the manufacturing process mm-hmm. that, that it's toxic to local communities mm-hmm. as well as you, you have very serious water contamination concerns. Um, a lot of people here are on city water, but again, it just has, just like in Standing Rock, it wasn't just the people of North Dakota, it was everything down the Missouri River that would be affected and in fact since then since we were there exactly and since we were there and you know the the Lakota saying Miniwachoni water is life so you know we're learning as the human species that you can't manufacture that you you have the CEO of of Nestle a few years back and still is talking about privatization of water so and you know everything from pop culture and Mad Max you know water's the new oil so we should be paying attention to water rights who owns them and because you control the water you do control the food and the wildlife and uh, that's one of the reasons that we're here and save our Spring valley has done a lot of work around protecting um, the aquifers my own well is within 500 yards although i did not know that at the beginning of, of the proposed mining operation which they have to, to gravel mine, they have to drop the water table. So the last time that there was active mining in the St. Brain, um, some neighbors of ours got um, their artisanal spring dried up permanently. And their, their well was severely damaged and still being maintained by one of the mining companies and involved with previous mining in the St. Brain Valley. And, and that's why we're We've been opposing it for five years. We've started off opposing Martin Marietta materials, uh, 800 acres. But since then, we have fought uh, CMEX cements permit extension application, as well as aggregate industries, 300 acres in a very recreational area called Pella Crossing. And so where we're at, there's no fracking, but the but it's primo gravel. So you have a lot of people, especially now with the cost of gravel being so high that are, you know, vying for these natural resources to the detriment of the local wildlife, the, the community that has, you know, um, formed here. There was always community, but of course, you know, according to the census, it's just astronomical growth from the time that these permits were applied for in 1998. And that was the basis for our legal argument uh, that enabled us thus far to protect uh, the natural resources, the water of the St. Vrain, the, the gravel. And uh, even, even so we've met, we're met with a lot of catastrophe around the oil tanker that spilled that just contaminated the water. We had, we've had two teenagers killed in the last six months in the valley by one was uh, on Nebo Kelsey 17 year old just working on his on his uh, brand new you know first car not brand new but first car and he was killed by a head-on cement truck on Nelson Road in North 51st um, they were the it's a it's a very 
regarded and, and loved family from Black Cat Farms. So one of their, their sons was killed um, by a head-on collision from a tanker. And these are the these are the casualties that we don't even think about when when we are protecting the local community or the local community could take for granted, um, but they're real threats. I mean, just the Martin Marietta permit authorized an additional 240 trucks, gondola trucks a day, leaving and entering the Lions plant. And like I said, I mean, the, the effects of the oil tanker on um, near Apple Valley Road, we, we don't know. I don't know the environmental impact, and um, but we will find out. But the human impact, you know, we've we've been really hit hard, as I said, by um, there was an accident on 66. It was a big rig, also killed a 16-year-old, and then the Black Cat family that was uh, tragically impacted by these um, industrial trucks in areas that have gotten way more populated, and it's no longer an appropriate use. So <clears throat> I remember when I lived in Vermont that um, in my travels, I was in someone's house that uh, was talking to me about their health issues. And at this time, I wasn't even in, you know, focusing on wellness um, per se, though I... Um, remember that uh i guess i guess i was because i remember this you know uh but yeah he lived next to a factory and he had emphysema and his house constantly was being delivered from next door basically um this soot that was just covering everything in a film and his family mm. was breathing it all in and getting ill and 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 be you know and, and it was very uh very dangerous and um yeah i just that was i just remember that you know and so when you live in a community that is centered around or that is let's just say next to um or hosting something that is polluting the air let's just be let's just be honest you know everybody is uh affected by that and 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 there's nobody more important in the community than the people living in the community and that's us that's you and your own community so the reason why i brought amanda here today is to talk more about how we can reveal the power that we have in our own communities as sovereign beings who care and we're citizens of this area. We have the ability to respond to what we see. There's every reason to stand up for what we believe in in a good way and uh, to find success, you know, by the grace of God. And, and, and Amanda has with a, a team of people who are very dedicated. They've been going hard for, for quite some time. And, and I think it's very important for us to know how you know, this happened, what was going on, what is going on, how it gets done to actually get some traction and 
a smile out of knowing that you're able to uh, to, to live here longer and, and be healthy. And so can you can we open up a window into that and just talk about the process and what, you know, a little bit more about, obviously you, you, you spoke about some of the, the issues, but, you know, living here and, and, and seeing what's going on and then stepping up and like, what, what is that like becoming an activist and actually finding success in something that means the world to you and your family? It's, it's interesting. I don't like to define my define myself, you know, in the negative, but we got little media coverage from the latest Colorado appeals court uh, opinion victory okay. on behalf of SOSBV's legal suit. And they the, the three judges unanimously concurred that to overturn the district court's decision that the Martin Marietta prod um, special use was still was still active. And, you know, they define us in the context of mining foes. And the truth is, I never thought about mining. You know, it's, it's you're, you're going along living your life and activist is really an activated person who's paying attention. And I think even, you know, the beauty of the, the crazy of the last 2020, hindsight is 2020, is that I think that we're waking up to the fact that we better best get involved in in our lives and not to take those things for granted. So that's how I see, I see myself as an activated person. This is gonna happen, it has repercussions and you can't help but speak your mind at the same time that there's so much to pay attention to, that there's so many distractions, you know, and so many false flags and red herrings, uh, some intentional and some, some random, that it's easy to take little things for granted, such as the water, or I'm from Florida. Now there's be, they're releasing uh, genetically modified mosquitoes. And I grew up there, I never I knew about that. malaria. Never had anybody I know get malaria. So the spin, hmm. the propaganda machine and the spin is very interesting to distract us. And honestly, I can't imagine anything that would occupy my interest now that I've been activated to to the long-term effects of things like living in communities with mining or, or taking the water for granted, that that would be more fascinating that that actual Frankensteinian proposal by OxyTech and Bill Gates to release millions and it's been done in Africa and it's done various places. And so, you know, how do you undo those things? How do you, you know, there's recovery to try to get the oil back in the tanker but like once you miss the boat you miss the boat so so I think it's you know it comes from from a passion and a realization and uh, an activation but it it's not there's no one an activist is, is no different than the average person they, they didn't decide oh I want to spend my life opposing industry you kind of we we entrusted agencies, federal agencies, local agencies to have that role. But the realization is if you're not policing them yourself, and if you're not working with them, monitoring them, that's why the Martin Marietta project was approved in seven minutes flat when the community didn't know about it. Mm. Seven minutes flat is less than a minute per 100 acres. What you call fast tracked. That's pretty <laughs> fast tracked and we didn't get the memo. And then once we did get the memo and got involved, I feel like the local 
agencies learned a lot about the resources that are here, the environmental concerns. Uh, you know, it's not a maleficent agenda necessarily. It's it's not knowing or being bombarded with things to to deal with, but involvement, individual involvement, I think is critical uh, to shape the future and protect these resources, which are dwindling. And that's why the St. Vrain Valley is such a hot, you know, they all want the gravel now, it's primo gravel. And it's the same with water and it's it's the same with um, the, the natural resources is what, what is a driving force. Yeah, that's something that is, uh, you know, it's happening in our world, and 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 I mean, we're in a house right now. There's, there's, you know, we're, we're on roads. There's obviously needs for uh, for these kinds of resources to be utilized. What is the balance to, you know, or let's just say finding the balance to mm -hmm. utilizing resources in a way that is less less impactful on humans less impactful on the wildlife and of course as little impact as possible in, in, in fact let's just say zero impact on the water table and uh on, on the water on the land itself if it, it, you know that's just it seems to me to be a kind of a no-brainer this is this is our this is where we live and You know, it, I, it leads me to, to think about uh, so much, really. And one of the things that I want to talk about is you've all heard of our national bird. And if you if you if you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the American bald eagle. And the bald eagle is, or at least was, is it still a protected species? It is not endangered. It is protected. Okay. And, and it's, it's had a huge resurgence uh, since we discontinued the use of DDT. Mm -hmm. that, that, uh, that was a direct correlation. And that luckily at that time, they didn't, they didn't try to dilute that. You know, somehow it was actually, you know, protected that when discovered that the shells couldn't form. And so it's made a comeback. But and I just DDT have to was say, being used as a pesticide on farms. That's right. And you had kids running behind trucks. You know, I hear from the old time farmers and they just didn't know. And it's some people knew. Make no mistake. Some people knew. <laughs> and and it was they didn't know what to do with the chemicals. And they thought, well, you know, it works as this and we'll do it no matter what. So uh, but it's just that's an example of how we learn and just a direct correlation between agricultural practices, uh, gravel mining falls under agriculture in Colorado. Hmm. Um, so, so to them, they're just exercising their mineral rights. And by them, you know, I mean the mining behemoths and the corporate entities and uh, multinationals that we are opposing. But anyway, they, they figured this out. And, and yes, the Eagle has made a huge comeback, although not in Colorado. So Florida, where I'm from, there's a lot, but that, you know, we get oh. into tricky situations because we do have an eagle nest in the project area, Martin Marietta, and um, we call them the beloved bald eagle, you know, hygiene eagles, because people stop all the time, they photograph them all the time. It's like them, there's two in this nest right across in the, on the land that they were proposing 
to uh, drill them. To gravel mine. To gravel mine them, yeah. excuse me. Okay. Yes. And so basically, you know, um, people think, well, they're protected. But essentially, if you have $100,000, you can uh, buy an them. eagle nest. You can unprotect them because... You can buy an eagle nest. <laughs> you, wow. can, you can do a disruption of nest. Um, and that happens all the time time here and it happens a lot for developers and it happens a lot it just happened here in erie hmm. we we have a wonderful geologist that studies all the bald eagle population in in the front range um dana Beauvais and his group do amazing amazing work and uh, they even hired somebody to come back and and rebuild an eagle nest to see if they could lure the eagle pair um, but it happens all the time they they can disrupt the nest intentionally and, and the birds leave and bald eagles really need a cottonwood in Colorado to, to nest. So they're very limited. It's very different from Florida or Alaska or other bald eagle populations. Hmm. So thank you for explaining that. Um, I, I love the birds and I, um, yeah, they're, they're just fascinating and beautiful and humongous and uh, Definitely love learning about them and seeing them. It's a blessing. And uh, so if you would, let's just go back to the window of, I, I know I said becoming an activist and you, you spoke some really beautiful words on that. And, I, and I, I just want to step forward if we could into what it takes to actually um, have an impact in your community when something like this is going down. What, what did you guys actually do? You, you know, I imagine that you had conversations and then you decided to take it into some other buildings and so on and so forth. So what, what was the process like? So some of our, our work involved specific campaigns. Mm -hmm. um, and so yes, the group of neighbors got together. We have a steering committee and we have a board comprised of three board members. And then we, we discussed what are the issues and studied the permit. And there was a whole discovery phase. I, um, took a special interest in the archaeological studies that were done back in 1998 and um, delving into that uh, for the other pro proposed area. But so we formed different subcommittees of, you know, folks that, that have special gifts and um, just to get educated on what's here, what are some of the issues, what, what's the wording. And so the neighbors um, got together and you said, what's your strong points? And then you decided to figure out. What yeah, why don't you do this, you sure. do that, and then we'll apply for this and we'll become, okay. you know, we'll do that. And then, and then we've run multiple campaigns uh, since then. But absolutely part of that is, you know, my co-founder and a wonderful man by the name of Richard Cargill, who's my next door neighbor, he, and his wife, Barb, and uh, a couple of the former watchdogs, these guys had defended the valley from tire burning from a special use permit from that CMEX still holds uh, to burn tires if they choose to. And we know it's quite toxic, but it's um, they thought it would be a good idea and they had that permit. And so then we applied for grants. I applied for some grants and we were very grateful to Patagonia who has really given us uh, their support and retail grant and other resources for the last four years consecutively. Mm. Even in 2020, they, even Patagonia was hit very hard by the closure of businesses and some of the measures, um, Corona measures. 
And so they, they did grants by invitation only. We were blessed and, and honored to receive their invitation to apply. So that can't be underestimated. And Lush Charity Pot from Lush Cosmetics. So, um, which also have a presence locally. They also, we got their grant, Western Mining Action Network, who does amazing work all over the world um, with mining projects and hard rock mining. They've been one of our sponsors and Indigenous Environmental Network as well. And with the sponsors, you were able to run campaigns? That- we were able to hire a lawyer. Okay. A land use attorney, uh, Ireland and Stapleton. Once, we were at the stage where we'd taken it to the legal arena. Okay. We'd so, exhausted our, you know, um, plea to the county. County, in our opinion. Okay, so you guys got together. To the wrong you, decision. It wasn't working out. And you said, okay, now we need some money. It worked out. It delayed the project for about a year. Okay. Uh, we said, just show us that you've been that you guys Just from our, our group. Okay. And our group has grown from a seven-member steering committee to about 2,000 members that are on our main wow. list. Okay. That's amazing. And so working with the city, you got things a little bit delayed. And then you guys said, okay, we need to hire a lawyer. So you figured out how, where there were funds potentially available and you decided to submit requests or, 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 or you know. Project proposals project for the proposals. grants, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you got them. And then you were able to hire a lawyer to then there. To do take the advocacy to the judiciary branch, yeah. you know, and, and advocate for us. and. And they're very, very talented group of, of attorneys Certainly. that go up against the big, big guys from Washington and Denver that um, represent oil and gas. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the lawyers that, that these guys go up against. And, and, you know, I think it's product of the times and I think truth is, is being revealed. So there was a decision recently. There was a pivotal decision recently at the, probably the highest court except for the U.S. Supreme Court. And to that end, um, we could end up at the U- at the Colorado Supreme Court should Martin Marietta has a deadline of May 13th. To appeal. To appeal to the uh, Colorado Supreme Court. The decision that you guys were given. The Colorado uh, Court of Appeals decision that um, this permit has expired based on article 4604 of the land use code, the land use provision, the five-year lapse provision, um, which says basically, if you don't use a special use permit within five years, it has expired. And that's for all the reasons that we spoke of, such as conditions changing, the the census, you know, the the people moving to the area, existing uses of the area, area, historic considerations of the area, existing uses of those fields. Um, Good boy. So um, we were talking about getting the community together, getting a lawyer together and, and uh, getting sponsors, getting a lawyer because you weren't getting what you uh, needed from the local government in order to protect your homes. Is that really what was going on? 
Yes, okay. to protect uh, land, existing uses um, of the fields, existing uh, identity of the town of hygiene, which is, you know, um, every town's got one. You know, and so here people come to see the birds and to go to the little historic downtown and things. So there were so many things that this project threatened from, from the environment to the truck traffic, to the air quality, to possible water contamination, to, um, you know, people's retirements and, and youth being transformed by a 30 year mining project that they weren't expecting. Mining projects later referred to. Mm -hmm. More than one. And this kind of thing where, you know, people are living in a, in, a, in, a, in a beautiful town or beautiful area, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, a big company comes in, perhaps they were there before. In this case, they've been there, though they weren't doing anything for quite some time. And uh, you said that the permit was from 1998? That's right. That's right. And I, I've pointed out, you know, the, there's language to protect language in county ordinances generally um, to protect people from that kind of, of drastic, dramatic change over time where permit holders can't take out a permit, sit on their permit rights until the cost goes exponentially um, through the roof and then and then say, well, we're going to we're going to use them now. And that's essentially what's happened. Or what happened here. Basically, there was a time where they bought this property expecting perhaps one day they might want to use it. They bought the mineral rights. So it's even more ambiguous. So they own some land, but most of the land is, is public land. It's open space. Boulder Park's an open space. So it's open space land. And um, that has been quite popular in very green cities um, like Boulder County, where they, you know, they purchased land in Boulder County for, um, with taxpayer money to keep it open. But then they will lease the mineral rights to oil and gas, and they will lease the land to genetically modified food, from genetically modified food production. So you have a place that people believe is very green because you have open space, but although it's bought with taxpayer money, this is what happens locally, then the county is, is, is duly profiting by, by leasing it out without public input, really, or in spite of public input to, to very environmentally destructive um, corporations. And yes, although it's things that we need, like people point out, there's always a point where it's no longer appropriate. So when, when you know, people have to decide for their own local communities, when have you reached that point of saturation? Um, if SOSVV had not formed and gotten involved, we, our county would be very similar to, to neighboring counties where, where it's ruled by industry and extractive industry at that. Um, so, and, and, and basically, the alternative for you guys is to say, you know, I, I, are you saying that this kind of stuff shouldn't be done in society? Or are you saying that you would prefer, you, you need it to not be done near civilization, so to speak? It has to be appropriate. If Martin Marietta or CMEX or Aggregate Industries or 
whomever else wants to gravel mine, they need to do an, a proper environmental impact study, mm-hmm. which, which we've been foregoing nationally lately. And that's critical. Um, that so was many, going on with Standing Rock, just the same. That's right. That's right. So that's critical. And they need to take out a new permit. And many and other places in permit. the country and in the world, let's be honest. That's right. So, so, you know, here they could apply for a new permit. They would be held to current conditions. We would still be opposing them because we don't think it's appropriate use of the land. Um, and we don't think it's warranted to have, a, they've allowed their permit to expire. Arguably, they bought it from, they bought an expired permit and they were warned about it at the time. So, you know, they kind of, they, they took a business risk. And uh, so, so there, there comes a time when it's no longer appropriate. When you're talking about a census that, that shows that there's been more than a 10, 10 time increase. Um, the permit allows for wording such as if there's changes in information and technology. In 1998, Google was unincorporated and working out of a basement apartment in California. I've told the county, I think it's we can context. all agree <laughs> to put it historically, it's last millennium. Uh, I think we can all agree there's been changes in technology and information since 1998, including the 2013 floods, where every single previously mined pretty pond in the subject in the project area uh, ruptured in in the same frame. So, you know, it's just we have evidence we have. So there was a natural flood and it uprooted all of these. They ruptured the previously mined ponds from the times when um, the county deemed it appropriate to mine and it was not as populated. Uh, so, and we didn't know, but we had the, the thousand year flood um, or the hundred year flood, I've heard both. And so, but we're in the floodplain where the county states, and you know, I, I advise people research your your location and classification. Like we are where in a moderate where you are geologically. Start to see yourself, you know, um, as as just that interconnected with the land. And so and to see if you're in a floodplain or if you're on a hill or just to understand natural uh, law, so to speak. Natural and your, laws your, and your, even the, the impact the it might have on you. Yep, and the local laws because because the county determines in your their in the, in their mapping of, of Boulder County uh-huh. that we are in a moderate hazard zone where all intensive uses should be discouraged. So pointing out these incongruencies, gravel mining is by all by all you know can possibly assess it an intensive use, mm-hmm. and maybe they've gotten away with it. But then boom comes twenty thirteen. We have floods, and the the rupturing of these previously mined ponds caused taxpayers three million dollars in you know a public recreational hotspot here in the area, and again the people that mined those pretty ponds they were not they were not responsible taxpayers. Sure paid for those repairs. Um, the ruptures in our project area caused flooding in non-floodplain areas of Longmont. So there's a cost post-mining um, post oh. yeah. that is being, is being brunted by the citizens that would also be affected by losses in water quality, water quantity. Now, everywhere in the world is different. And I, I remember seeing a movie with Matt Damon where they were uh, 
looking to um, uh, stop fracking, I believe it was. And, you know, they were going against the big company in the town that was, you know, had a lot of money, a lot of propaganda, a lot of backing. And in the movie, they, they you know, Matt Damon uh, got, got, some, got some kickback. And uh, so, you know, is, you're going up against some, some big wigs and, you know, some these big companies that aren't playing games. And they, uh, you know, they're pretty serious. And obviously, you all aren't playing games either. And, you know, it, 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 I believe that there's every reason to harmonize rather than fight. And so to understand that we are all requiring the same care to live, you know, um, that, that in my eyes and heart uh, supersedes man's wants, you know. And so there's, there's, there's honoring each other. And, and the respect of being, a, you know, alive and a human being at that. So with that, like, what did you guys experience with, 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 with putting your, your names and your faces and your, 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 your lives out there like that in such a way, you know, anything at all? Have you, did you consider it or is it, have you said that you were in the paper in some ways that weren't necessarily fun. And, you know, I, I feel like, um, what, what would you say to anybody out there who, you know, might be thinking like, hey, I, I really want to protect my area. I really want to protect my home. I really want to protect my water source. And I have fear. And, you mm -hmm. know, what, well, I what think would you standing, standing Rock was an indoctrination of, of that for me. Um, I put together some training programs and, and gave uh, those out in a few schools. And it's interesting, depending on the demographics of the school, the concerns and best question asked was, how did you not, were you not afraid? Uh -huh. If you were, you know, standing in front of a sniper or whatever. And, and I think it goes back to the same thing that we're doing here. We just affirm that we're acting in accordance to truth. And, you know, perhaps there's been some intimidation, um, you know, my mailbox has been taken down a couple of times. Huh. Um, I can't attribute blame because I don't give it any energy gap. Put back up and, you know, I just stand in my truth. I can only speak my truth. And then um, what other people do is up to them. If they're, if they're caught doing it, then obviously then they'll have to answer for, for their sure. actions. Um, but it's where you put your focus. My focus would be on the water, on the community on protecting the wildlife, on the beautiful eagles. And uh, so when you stand in your own integrity, I think, you you know, we have help. Mm. Here, there's a lot, like I mentioned, the archeology, span there's just a lot of, there's burial grounds, uh, um, archeology span that was found in 1998 with preliminary studies. So we are also beholden to the ancestors, right? Mm. To protect that from being, as it was in Standing Rock, uh, just dug up and, and for profit. They actually jumped ahead in order to be able to do that and bypass some regulations. So we've been lucky here so far, we've been able to do that. And that's where we're headed next Thank is God. actually conservation, where I'd like to get to. Talk about and it. so we're gonna be, we're gonna be registering those fields, 30 sites in, in the Barton Marietta project area were recommended for registration with the National Registry of Historic Places. And uh, 
that was the archaeologist and historian's advice based on their mandatory environmental impact studies, which included archaeology. Preliminary class three historic studies that were basically just shovel testing still yielded 240 artifacts, including the westernmost pottery and historic irrigation sites, pilgrim, and burial sites, pilgrim and native. So for me, we were blessed to be able to do lodges and to, to address the, the ancestral trauma that has happened through colonization here. Um, currently, you know, having multiple areas where Native American leaders are are in a way purifying the land and honoring and healing that trauma and honoring the ancestors of the land. I think that's been a big part of our of our success. And I think that they were recording. I just coughed. Realm, I don't know. I haven't coughed this whole time. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like, it's a truth. Yay. <laughs> and so now I think it's you know taking that into the realm of making sure that Native American Native American populations that may be interested and maybe their ancestors that they know it's there. If it's not registered, how do how does anybody know what was there? Mm. We all suffer from amnesia and overwhelm, especially you know as time progresses. So that's where I like to see this go, and and we're we're starting that initiative. We we've requested that the county do it. We had some Lakota leaders and the Lakota people. You know they are a part of the tribal council for Boulder County because of, of archaeology that has been found in the area, Can, you know, placing the Lakota people as, as part of, of the tribal people of the land. But of course, the Arapaho, the Ute, uh, we don't actually know who's, burial, who's buried in those fields, but we know that we really don't want the mining companies digging them up and that we'd like to offer the gifts of, of our discovery of the last five years and our review of these, these mandatory studies that reveal what's in those fields to, to honor those recommendations made over two decades ago. It's important, I believe, to uh, apply the knowledge that we ascertain in the flow of the natural state and what I mean by that is anytime I learn something, if I begin to apply it to my life, I'm going to benefit from what I just learned. That's wisdom. Knowledge applied is wisdom. And so, you know, somebody said to me today, like, you're choosing that? We're taking steps backwards? Why are we going backwards? And I said, brother, you know, we're taking a step forward, utilizing the palette of the world available to us with the information that we are learning as time moves on. And with that, it's important that we respond to our abilities to make the best choices that are going to suit us and those around us. And so this is why I've decided to take this step forward. And, and uh, you know, I think that it's important that we understand that um, putting our best foot forward is, is the mature thing to do to be a man or a woman. And, 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 and to be a responsible citizen and to say, hey, I now know more than I knew before, and this is the best way. And yes, at every point in time, 
somebody said, we have to do this, we have to do this. And that is the smartest thing. People who are digging up for, for X, Y, Z, or people who are doing whatever, think it's, the, it's necessary. In fact, they know it to their core. And that's why they're doing it. I can't imagine that they're an evil villain digging it up and saying, <laughs> I think that they think it's necessary. And so, you know, I don't know everything, though I do know that I've met a lot of people who, and, I, and I've met people who people have called good. I've met people who people have called bad. And, I, and, I, and I've seen this glimmer of light in everybody to where, you know, we all believe at some rate what we're, in what we're doing. And other, it, those that don't are sick, you know, and say later, I didn't even know what I was doing or whatever it is. And so that exists too. There's a full spectrum of possibilities that exist, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like just understanding, learning, feeling, connecting. And, 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 and again, it leads me back to diet because if I'm, if I'm not taking care of myself, then what am I going to care? What am I going to give two shits about? Me, about you, I'm going to care about my pocket. I'm going to care about potentially my family. I'm not going to care about anybody else. And the fact is we're going to do what we're going to do and you're going to deal with it because this is America and leave me alone. I'm going to leave you alone. But the fact is that if what I'm doing impacts you and everybody around me, I'm not leaving you alone. And so, you know, it's important to just, uh, I believe it's important that we just take a step back and, 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 and be able to have a conversation about what is best for us. And yes, People who have jobs and careers and families that are relying upon these historical um, channels of income, let's just call it. You know, a lot of people who are digging up, who, who are mining and who are, who are working on rigs, you know, they're, they're feeding their family and they're, they believe that they're good people that are working on a job and this is what they learned how to do and, and nobody's going to tell them anything otherwise. And, and, you know, I believe that too. And at the same time, I think that I know that there's cleaner resources in the world that are available to us in order to harness energy. And if energy wasn't free, then how are we alive? We wouldn't have evolved. <laughs> we wouldn't even be here. We wouldn't even be here. Yeah. And that's the dangerous part. You bring up a good point. It's just not the people that are working in an industry or not. Then it's finding the right location to still do it while researching better technologies to do it but even green technologies you have to really go down the rabbit hole to explore their environmental impact and i think you bring up a critical point too right now where we're you know warp speeding ahead to there comes a time to pause and and that's essentially what we did here to pause and then to reflect on lessons learned and to give credit where credit is due in our county, I feel that the land use department appears to have done that. And it has, the advocacy work has led to some landmark decisions, not easy decisions, but when you get into the good, the evil, there is this relativity to it. At the same time though, when you're dealing with corporate entities and corporations being given the rights of individuals, then those are one of those things where you have to take a step back. And I feel to again, reclaim, reclaim the five-year lapse provision that was promulgated you know, locally to protect citizens and the wildlife from corporate interest. From corporate interest. And, but we do have, and I do believe the machine 
of of the corporations they don't have a conscience it's very easy to dilute that it's comprised of people but the ones making the decision aren't the workers in the fields and uh you know we can find we can create and find green jobs that that would probably be better black lung is real you know so if it's not good for us it's certainly not good for the people in the field and there's a perhaps a transitional period. I just know that for the most important thing is location, geography, plug into yours. Is it an appropriate use um, or is it an inappropriate use based on the environmental impact that it would have and the present moment, not 20 years ago. It's in the present moment, given what we've learned, let's take that pause and really be honest about assessing lessons learned and making different choices. Amanda, one of the things that charge us in this ability to stay par for the course when, when things aren't going our way and when we have healthy fears about what's gonna happen to our home and to the land that's around here, to, to, to life as we know it, um, you know, is 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 holding on to uh to prayer mm -hmm. and 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 i and i know personally that that's something that you um you know so thought and 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 utilized and 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 benefited from um and and i just i i i'd love for you to just speak on on faith a little bit you know in terms of how how to to you know, remember to to be mindful of uh, of the goal and, I think, and, and 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 the journey. I think the the way to remember is to be in it. So I think just by you know, at first it might have been an intuitive. Well, let's move to the country, and then but the country shapes you. You might have had an intention or shaped me and and my children. And so that's the power of nature. If we, we must get out in nature, the more difficult things get, the more the answers are actually in nature. Um, regardless of the religion or the, it just immersing you know, yourself, whether it's on a hiking trail or taking off your shoes and walking outside in your own yard, but taking that conscious step to, to be open to receiving because i think the earth gives us everything we need and is the link to spirit it's not about you know over overcoming our humanity it's about immersing ourselves in that recognition that that we are part of nature even though we're human and uh going there for 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 help yeah a lot of people get discouraged you know, when, when, uh, when you believe in something so strongly and when it affects you and it affects everything around you and, you know, um, don't know what to do. And so I, I just, I wanted to support everybody's ability to remember our innate um, nature and, and ability to connect with source and with whatever it is that, that helps us find comfort because we choose our reality. And aside from what impacts us from everybody else choosing our reality. 
you know? So if I'm choosing my reality again, and it's overlapping into your reality, well then who am I? What am I doing? What are we doing? Perhaps we can have a conversation about how we can both coexist in a way that, you know, you can be happy, I can be happy. And if I want, if, if the only way that I could be happy is by making money off of this area, well then there's, 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 there's a conversation that probably needs to be had there because there's a, a whole community and, um, and, and, and the same person, I believe that, that feels that, you know, we're going to get this field, we're going to get that field. There's another field everywhere you go, you know, um, is, 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 it's all of us, you know, and, and, and at one point of our life, you know, and, and, or in, an, in, in another time where we can, um, we have to understand that, you know, we're all in the image of creator. And so in that way, again, we, we all feel as though in a way we're doing something right. You know, we're serving a certain purpose and that's what each of us are doing. We're driven to a certain, to a certain way. Some of us are driven to, to balance out what we call the negative. Some of us are, 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 are driven to do what some call, you know, the positive and, 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 and so on and so forth. And, and ultimately that's the yin and yang of, of this existence that's ever flowing and, and, and breathing. You know, and that's what it's all about is the only way the balance happens is when we're doing our part and when we're, we're called to it. And so may we just continue to, to you know, take a deep breath and, and, and take a step back and, and really consider what impacts us, what impacts our family, you know, and, 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 and then understand truly that we're all the same in that way, you know, and we all want clean air. We all need clean water. We all want to have nutritious food. We all need it to survive. We all want to be able to go outside without being infringed upon our rights. Without being, uh, you know, we want to have uh, enjoy our rights. And 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 this is America, so we have you know freedom. And with that, we 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 should be able to uh, represent um, you know ourselves and and each other in a unified way. And, and, and in a way that we know now to be better than before. And that's what um, enlightenment for evolution is all about. And that's why being, you know, being intelligent matters and, 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 and taking care of ourselves because we're all intelligent. What are we feeding ourselves? And then what are we reflecting back to ourselves in the world? You know, and so with that, thank you. And if, thank you. you know, thank you for this interview. Thank you for your work out here in our world. Thank you for protecting those birds, protecting this land, protecting this river that that is is the source of life for so much here. And um, thank you to all your, uh, your your cohorts, your teammates, and and people that 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 helped out, and, and everybody, you know, and the sponsors who. who, who everybody you know the attorneys, it takes a village it takes a village you know and um is there anything that you want to leave it, it, the, the people with or, or contribute to the people is there anything that when you're you know walking around or driving around or farming you're like i just wish people knew this like you know this would be an awesome time just just to check in with their with their inner voice not be afraid to take that pause and to, to change course if it's time to change course, just that permission, I think will free free people and get folks, get us congruent to what is and not what you know should be or what was or what could be, but be in the moment 
um, by really honoring what, what is coming to you in the moment based on the information from that you've gleaned and those hard lessons, and those mistakes that we've made. And whether that's like, hey, gravel mining really doesn't work in this area because we're in the floodplain because people have moved or, or whether it's a different shift in personal relationship. I think that we just need people to be listening to that divine guidance from within, seeking it. Um, and I, I find that the best place for that to find those answers is in nature. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for those words of wisdom and um, your acts of kindness. And, uh, you know, it seems like uh, quite often we benefit from, you know, the notion of free our mind and the rest will follow. And sometimes we, 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 we square ourselves up in this box and we say, no, not going outside this box because it's bad out there. And I have deemed this yet, you know, um, it's, uh, so it's, 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 I've done that, you know, and it's, it's kind of a rigid way to be. And when we open ourselves up to the unknown, we begin to experience the vast, majority of what is out here and ultimately that is the unknown and where the magic takes place you know so uh i too support our ability to remember what it is we love because our magic is what we love nobody loves what you love the same way that you love it and so when you contribute that to our world mm -hmm. you are the magician <laughs> you know and so with that we're gonna we're gonna go out the same way we always do being grateful for the miracle of life and sharing a nice deep easy breath together on the count of three. One, two, three. Thank you. Love. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Farms Not Farms podcast brought to you by Gorilla Healer. If you want to watch the full episode, plus behind-the-scenes footage, check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash burntmd. And subscribe to the Farms Not Farms podcast on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to check out our sponsor, buildasoil.com, for all of your organic soil amendment needs. As always, be well. <laughs>